construction really is two parts. You got to construct, you got to deliver, you got to supply a material, you got to do something, but you got to get paid for it. In construction, there's a third document, and that document is the contract, the terms and conditions of the contract, which is another document written by a lawyer this time, but you still need to understand how to interpret it to do very well in construction. And so you don't necessarily need to understand everything in it, but you need to understand the key things that impact your company and what the reality is that final quarter of a construction project is where it all kicks off contractually. Just quickly before we get started, if you don't have time to review your own construction contracts that you're about to sign, or you don't have the expertise, obviously you're an expert in some other area, maybe not in contracts, please go to quantumcontractsolutions.com, book in a call with our team, and we will show you how we can help you sign a better contract that has way less risk and ultimately set you up to make more profit on your construction contracts and stay in business over the long term. Go to quantum contractsolutions.com and we'll see you there. Hey, Construction Legends. So we got a really, really interesting interview I did with Todd Miller and his co-host Ryan Bell on their well-renowned podcast, Construction Disruption. So what we're talking about is slaying the contractual dragon, their term, not mine, relationships in the construction industry, why the subcontractor always gets the worst contracts, and then the common situations that tend to happen in the last part of a construction project. Check it out. I'll see you next. Ken, welcome to Construction Disruption. Nice to be here. I really quite enjoyed that poem. I was chuckling away as Ryan went through it. They got the, what's it, what do they call it when you were the rhyming couplets? I think is what they call it when you get poetry and they rhyme every second word. It was our second line. It was pretty good. So I, I will have to share. I, I asked Bard to write a poem about a red poodle because um, one of the members of our family is a red poodle who is very dear to my wife's heart. And I had Bard write this poem. I sent it to my wife. I truly think it brought a tear to her eye so <laughs> I, I had one recently actually you'll enjoy this todd i got a message from my wife on whatsapp and uh, it was an apology of some kind and then later on that night she told me that ChatGPT had written it and i was like oh i, I finally <laughs> thought you, you you got it for once i thought you got it and we just had a good laugh about it <laughs> that's hilarious oh. <laughs> I wonder how many people are asking AI to write random apologies these days. Oh gosh, <laughs> I think I think it's it's pretty rife for resignation letters. Drum me up a resignation letter, you know. I think there that's people are doing it a lot. Wow, wow, interesting. Well, we're anxious to jump into things uh, with you here today, Ken. What you're doing seems really disruptive to me, and and of course we like that. In our day to day jobs here at Isaiah Industries, we work largely with smaller res residential contracts and projects. So this idea of a contractor maybe having another company help them with the administration of contracts is you know, kind of foreign and, and new to us. But your earlier experience as someone who was working on behalf of clients to negotiate contracts with construction companies, I'm kind of curious, as you went through that experience, what problems in the whole process did you see that you know got you to thinking there has to be a better way to do this? 
I think ultimately it ended up being that watching a lot of these smaller companies losing money, going out of business unnecessarily time and time again. And I say unnecessarily because it didn't have to happen. They just didn't understand how to do the contractual part of the construction game properly. And so I do use the, the term construction game because there is contracts and you've got to play. So you're going to be issued a contract that you have to sign and you don't have to sign everything that's in there. And in the post-award space, you have to submit documents that it asks you to sign. And so what we like to say to our clients is that construction really is two parts. you got to construct, you got to deliver, you got to supply a material, you got to do something, but you got to get paid for it. And so once you understand the contracting side of it, then you can understand the getting paid side of it a little bit better. You can, and I have examples, you can absolutely deliver a really, really good job, do a great, fantastic piece of work for your client and still come out at a loss because you didn't manage it contractually properly. You know, as you said that, it got me to thinking about, you know, the number of times that I, as a business owner, have signed contracts of various types. And, you know, you get presented with it and it's five or six pages and initial the bottom of every page and sign here at the end. And, you know, you look at it and your eyes glaze over and it just, you almost feel like you've been medicated. I mean, it just, none of this stuff makes any sense to you. Do you think, I mean, is that one of the reasons that sometimes people kind of miss it on contracts as they simply don't even take the time to, to read it or really understand it? Yeah, understanding is the main thing. So in the construction industry, one of the reasons I love it, I'm third generation at this stage, so it's bred into me, but a lot of the owners of, of CEO companies have gotten their hands dirty, like literally got their hands dirty. It's not the same in other industries. A lot of under, in other industries, they'll bring in C-suite people who are professional managers. In construction, people rise up from the bottom. And you, if you start a business, you've risen up from the bottom more often than not. And so that type of person more often than not may not have been educated at a university level and might be intimidated by this particular document. And so my challenge to all of those people and then just not bother doing it. And so my challenge all of the time is you can get a drawing that has been put together by an architect or an engineer. Complex, complex drawing. You can look at it and you can understand it perfectly because of years of, of experience and years of understanding. In construction, there's a third document and that document is the contract, the terms and conditions of the contract, which is another document written by a lawyer this time, but you still need to understand how to interpret it to do very well in construction. And so you don't necessarily need to understand everything in it. But you need to understand the key things that impact your company and what are the things that could ultimately lose you money, tighten up cash flow, put you in a risky position. Those particular things, if you know how to tweak those things, you can set yourself up for success in that post-award phase. Very interesting. So kind of give us an overview, if you would, of what Quantum does for your clients. I mean, how do you help them? What does the process look like? How is your involvement? Just give us an overview of that, if you would. Yeah, so so typically what would happen is if you were a larger construction company, you would ideally in the best case scenario, we'll just go with the best case. Best case scenario, if we look at a Turner of the world or, or one of those huge companies, right? They have teams of lawyers, teams of contracts people on their team, right? In in-house. And you've got to ask yourself, why did I have those people? Because they cost a lot of money. And there is an ROI on that side of the business in construction. That's the reason that they have it. And one of the key things in construction is as you go down the contractual chain, as you got the principal at the top and you got your 
GC, your main contractor, and then you've got your subbies, right? It doesn't really matter how big that is, but as you go down that contractual chain, the contracts get more and more aggressive. They push the risk down, they push the risk down, they push the risk down. And so the guy at the top, or, you know, reasonably at the top, they've got teams of contracts people, and they then send a worse contract down the way to, to the subcontractors or the smaller construction companies. And so the, the resulting problem that they have is they have the worst contract in the whole contractual chain and they have no resources to deal with it. And they might just open it and they might just sign it as is. And they're literally putting themselves into huge problems potentially, right? And what we, you know, what's the point in signing a better contract in the first place? And it is essentially to protect the downside. So if you're in construction long enough, you will see something go wrong. Something will go wrong on a project at some stage, without a doubt. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to make that thing a little blip rather than a big down, right? So if you're growing as a company, that bad thing that happens is just a little blip and then you continue to grow. It's not the big down and then you just all of a sudden you're in trouble you're trying to you can't recover from that and so that's a you know that's warren buffett's philosophy and there's a lot of great investors out there that it's about protecting your downside. so that's the whole purpose of signing a better contract so they will negotiate hard the, those big turner companies with those teams they'll negotiate because they they know the benefit of that and a lot of these companies and i'm not saying to do this is just understand the game they'll win a project at a loss or maybe break even knowing that they have the skills in the post-award phase to be able to get change orders, extensions of time, and basically recoup their margin in that post-award phase. So again, those people are paying for themselves and you're getting the value from getting those changers and following the contract, there is value in that, okay? So there, the, you know, that's kind of the value proposition of having contracts people, contracts managers, lawyers on, on your team. Now, as time has progressed over the last 10 or 15 years, the construction has changed, and I'm open to listening to your opinion on this as well. I'd, I'd love to hear it. In that the relationships are not what they used to be. It used to be all about relationships, all about relationships. Now it's, yep, relationships are definitely important, but it's not the number one thing anymore. And so with that change, and I believe the reason that it has changed is technology has come in, even smaller construction companies have pretty good corporate governance these days, which means that if you submit a change order, they'll have a box to say, did they comply with the contract? Yes or no? No, they didn't. It's not getting approved. And so what that now means is now that you're a subcontractor, you need to now have contracts people on your side to be able to play this game, because again, the game is playing whether you want to be playing it or not. And so if you're a company that maybe you send it out to a lawyer to review your contracts or you review your contracts yourself before you do it or how else you would do it or in, in your post-award phase, you get your project managers to do all of the paperwork as a bit of a side hustle to their regular day job, then that's kind of where we come in. So we'll get back to the pod in two seconds. And so if you're getting some value from this or you're enjoying it and you think there's other people in the construction industry that would also, please just use your thumb, share it with them on WhatsApp or whatever uh, way that you share these type of things, Facebook, whatever it happens to be. Um, it makes a huge difference to the podcast. It allows us to grow and impact more people. And we would really, really appreciate it. Thanks. And so our system is essentially a combination of technology and people, which is kind of leveraging people from all around the states to 
basically do that work remotely for you. So we will review your contracts, we'll negotiate your contracts. We will do all of the paperwork for you to make sure that it all gets submitted perfectly and on time. So essentially as a company, you can just concentrate on doing an amazing job in the construction, supplying what you need to supply, building what you need to build, and then we'll just look after the contractual thing, stuff on your behalf. That's it in a nutshell. Very interesting. So I'm, I'm curious. So I thought I knew the answer to this and now I'm wondering maybe I don't. So are your clients more often large GCs or subcontractors or sometimes even property owners or all of the above? It depends on what they want. So all of the above will want their contracts reviewed regardless. But our little niche that we like to work with and can help the most are larger subcontractors. Okay. Okay. So individual civil companies, fabricators, roofing companies, guys that do one thing. If I'm being, you know, a bit of my passion about it is they're the companies that do the actual construction. So you've got your GCs, as you know, they're like a finance company. So they'll win the work, they'll get a a loan from somewhere, they'll subcontract out the work and they'll make money on the Delta. But the subcontractors, the subbies will actually build a thing or, or do whatever it is. Makes sense? Right. Yep, sure does. And and you had alluded to that earlier, just kind of the change over the years in terms of relationships and the role relationships play. And yeah, you're right. And and our company's kind of interesting. So we've been a manufacturer of building materials for over 40 years. And, you know, we still have a lot of older, loyal customers, 30, 35, 40-year customers, that really that relationship still is what everything is based on. It means everything to them and everything to us. But you're absolutely right. As I look at our newer customers and some of the newer types of work that we're being blessed with, um, a lot of times it's very different. It's much more mm. contractual and, you know, just a number and you got to do everything right and you got to know what you're agreeing to. So I'm, I'm curious, as you look back on clients that you have worked with, any stories come to mind of situations like, man, we really saved that guy in that situation or any stories like that come to mind? I can tell you there's plenty of stories and he says shuffling around in his seat <laughs> but I can, tell, I can tell you the probably the worst war story I've ever heard we ended up like they came to us after we ended up helping but not saving it right but we ended up definitely helping this the situation but I'm gonna tell you how badly it can go so this was a civil company and it's you know I think it was a it was a six or seven million dollar job and they were working with the the GC's project manager and he said to them hey guys look essentially I, i'm paraphrasing i don't know what he said but i'm assuming he's saying this he said um look don't bother submitting loads of little change orders i know you're delayed i know i've asked you to lo- do a load of different stuff and what i want you to do is wrap it all up into one change order for me and i'll approve it one big right and so i'm trying to recall the actual value so they go okay we'll do that and so they went ahead and they did the work and they didn't submit it and they they prepared this one change order that pushed out the time so it was an eot change order wrapped up into one whatever whatever it was and it was looking for time and at about 1.5 million dollar in costs wow and the project manager approved it and that was great and then they invoiced against it and they got paid it which was great and then what a lot of these bigger companies do is they bring out what's called bring in what's called a closeout team which is a company that comes in at the end of the project they pull the project manager away and there's this new team that comes in and this new team is oh look we don't have any relationship with anybody we just got to stick to the contract and you know we got we're going to close out this project 
project, essentially. And do you know what payment on account is? Payment on account. Help me understand what that means. So payment on account is where the kind of money goes freely between over and back. So they can recoup money if they'd like to. Gotcha. And so they said, okay, so just, you know, this project was payment on account. And they're like, yep, sure. And so we look back and it looks like all of those variations and that time that we previously approved and previously paid was done incorrectly. And you didn't comply with the contract and therefore we shouldn't have approved it. And therefore we're rescinding it. And your last payment claim is a million dollars and we're going to offset it against that last payment claim. We're not paying it. Wow. Wow. That was potentially the worst I have ever come across. That's, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Is that a common situation that it's handled like that? Or or this is just kind of an extreme example of it? I would suggest it's the common situation that happened. That's definitely an extreme version, okay? But the common situation that actually does happen is, and we have this phrase called squeaky bum time. And squeaky bum time was developed by this football manager in the UK, um, soccer manager, you guys would say. And he was 30 years in the making, uh, won everything all the time. And he talked about squeaky bum time, which was the last quarter of a football game where people are shifting around in the plastic seats in the stadium, squeaking. (laughs) And it's that last bit that matters, essentially. And so when we're talking to our clients about contract management, we say to them, look, it's all about that last quarter. In that last quarter is where everything kicks off. All you need to do is have all your paperwork in place. So when they're coming around looking to save money, recoup money because they're over budget they look at you and go oh those guys got all their paperwork in place let's just go somewhere else because the game that they play is with your final account the game is where they play those final few payment applications that you put in invoice is where it matters they're the real that's when they start playing games and start saying we're not going to pay you they threaten you with liquidated damages and then offset it against your final payment and that's when it all happens so while that was an extreme example the reality is that final quarter of a construction project is where it all kicks off contractually. Well, you made a very obvious stakes are high, that's for sure. And and just so our audience knows, squeaky bum time is not one of our challenge words. It will be on a future episode, though. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> promise it. Uh, so your uh, your clients, is, is your relationship with your clients such that they usually come to you on every project to review things, or do they just do it on certain projects? I'm, I'm curious about that. So we have the two sides. So we have contract reviews and then we have post-award contracts administration essentially and so okay. what's always happening people are always bidding on projects which means they're always getting contract reviews so they'll use us on retainer for that we'll you know every time okay. they get a contract to go we'll just send it into us we'll get it done we'll spit it back to them highlight all the risks tell them what not to agree to prepare a document that they can submit to their client and explaining why they're not agreeing to x y and z and what should be in there and said and then for that post-award phase it depends on the company and the size of what they're doing sometimes they'll use us for a big risky one that they just like we got to be on top of this one or maybe they they don't for another project it's up to them it's, and the, I guess the benefit of our services unlike hiring people internally you can just turn us on and off you can turn off like whatever I, yeah, I'll use you for this I won't use you for that and it gives you that flexibility but particularly in construction you've got that I mean if you've been in the industry for, for 30 40 years you know that there's the bell curve nature of construction it's it's up and it's down right there's in between there's peaks and troughs and in between the, in those 
troughs, you've got to make decisions. Are we going to hold on to this guy or are we going to let go of this guy? And so if you've hired someone, what are you going to do? Where with us, you can just go out, we'll turn you off. And then when we get another project, we'll turn you back on again. And then we obviously, we only do one thing. And this is one of the things I really wanted to, when you said you're in business so long, Todd, I wanted to ask you a question because we got some data and I want to ask you about it. But we only do one thing. So we're really good at that one thing. And so from a contracts management contracts administration point of view, I would say, of course, we're always going to do a better job than a, a normal company because it's our bread and butter. We only do this. Whereas you hire someone in, you got to do get your own systems in place. You got to do all of the stuff you got to learn. And you're also constructing or supplying or whatever it happens to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it really does. It really does. 